folks and welcome to another episode of the next in line podcast brought to you by the rfk refugees sports network this is a special episode um coming at you not only because uh took a brief pause uh, and, and didn't post anything last week still trying to come at you at least every other week but i uh, didn't have anything to, and there's been a ton of fixtures since uh the last I don't know, 10 or so days since the last episode but also there's been some big news around uh, potential restructuring and the USL championship and the USL uh, across all of uh, the, the USL. And, and so um, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I'm going to talk about the upcoming matches and, and the current run that we're in, which could I would say um, was identified probably early on in the season as the most important set of games uh, that, that we're going to play. I'm going to talk about the most recent match, Detroit City FC, currently recording on the 13th of July. So just uh, following that result um, and, and and some of those other matches that are that are right coming down the pike. But, um, yeah, you got Adam Davis here in the booth, and I'm going to get right into it. So um, starting off, uh, let's let's talk about where was the last match? Let's, where, where do we leave off? The Charleston Battery. We don't need to talk about that match very much. Charleston Battery was a battering. Um, you know, Daniel Chica was absent on a red card, and, and so – Forced Loudon to be a little creative, luckily, kind of coincided with Giannis Learman's return. Uh, we got to see newcomer Jake Morris come, um, started the night on the bench, but uh, showed some attacking promise. I think we were still thinking he was a left back at the time. Um, he's a left back, but he's not being played there. Hugo Ferro returned to goal um, for the first time after becoming a dab. What was the result? The result was bad. Um, it was bad long before Jace Clark, uh, he got his silly red card. Um, adding to Loudon's fun complications of of of, of, of defensive issues, um, which is is seemingly resolving at a, at a time when it really needed to be. And Nick Markinich also his return uh, for for Charleston just marked um, Mark Markinich marked his. Uh, it, it was just it was it was there was fireworks. Um, he was it was great. Um, he absolutely thrashed us from the first moment he he ran on the pitch to the. To the, the end of the 90 minutes, um, you know, the scoreline did not represent how bad we got beat. But um, Jace Clark losing him for the Hartford match wasn't a huge deal because we got Daniel Chica back. Um, but, yeah, I, I want to add a quick note. Um, I had a chance to speak to my favorite people, which is the Loudon Stampede folks, during the watch party. Um, I say they're my favorite people because they are my people. I'm, I, I think everybody who knows and listens to this uh, podcast know that myself and Adam Mendelovitz are both uh, members of the Loudon Stampede, and uh, there were two topics that were broached and, and, and discussed. And I, I like, I think some of the stuff I really love about just not ta- talking tactics and players and whatever and stories is uh, is talking about these little, um, I don't know, asides and, and, and explaining things in in the world of, of soccer and world of football. Um, so two different things. Uh, there was a note that during the Tampa Bay match, Dan. Jackman's jersey was red, which was not one of the two goalkeeper jerseys that are outlined for the 2023 season. Um, the the yellow green goalkeeper jerseys conflicted with Tampa Bay's both of their kits, and Loudon had already decided and, and prepped uh, home kits for that match, despite Tampa offering to go white. Um, it, it sounds like he had to wear an old keeper kit uh, from a previous year, something we'd seen that had been used in the past. Um, but I actually had, if you were at the, the jersey reveal party, I had mentioned uh, that this could be an issue. Um, early on, I, I, I noted that because of knowing Tampa Bay's colors and knowing what their jerseys generally look like. So 
Um, so yeah, uh, the other thing was that Jake Morris that week had been wearing number three in uh, in training. They, they showed some pictures of him. We all knew Hayden Sargis was number three, but because he was on a temporary loan, it wasn't a long-term loan, it wasn't a season-long loan that DC, um, or that it expired, I guess DC didn't recall, but it expired, um, he did not have a permanent hold on a number. Don't know why the USL does numbers that way. There were plenty of great numbers available, 13, 18, 21, 24, 25. All those could have been fine, I think. But but Jake Morris uh, was allowed to take the number three and took the number three, and there will be no fallout as a result. If we see Hayden Sargers back, he will have two numbers for the same season, or maybe he can't be allowed back because of that. Um, yeah, that's all. We don't have time. Charleston, yeah. we're going to rip through these, these previous matches. Hartford Athletic, um, what a... Uh, what do we call it? I mean, a, a, a thunderous game. How we'll call it that? Yeah, how about that? Because there was like a, a nine-hour break in the action. Uh, exaggeration, of course. Uh, hour and a half, maybe two-hour long break uh, for a match that ended at midnight. Um, but it was great for everybody who had young kids at the game because they got their fireworks show at halftime as opposed to 9 p.m. Um, so that was great. Uh, it started the night in a 4-4-2, but kind of shifted uh, to a 3-5-2, you know, with the back three, wing back situation. Zane kind of starting in an attacking playing position at right wing, but around the 29th minute, moving to left wing back. Um, Jackman back in the sticks, had a really, really good outing. Um, defense was not nice to him. There were a lot of balls that were that he had to, he had to fix, the balls that were allowed through um, that he had to deal with. And uh, Jackson Hopkins was able to tap in the result of a really great team goal um, making it his third at the time in five games. And then later, after the million-hour rain delay, Wesley Leggett's pressure on the defense resulted in an errant back pass that Tommy Williamson uh, was able to deftly score. That was very much not a tap-in. It was a perfectly placed goal past uh, former Loudon goalkeeper Joey Rice, who we never really saw play much um, for us. Uh, Nanan Hassel Landry continued to just be on top of things uh, in the midfield, earning uh, another really good man of the match outing, uh, capped by setting up and assisting Jackson Hopkins with the first goal, just doing the whole, all the work on that goal. Um, really, really stellar stuff. Er- earning himself, and I'll, I'll jump ahead, uh, a, a nod on the team of the week uh, for for this this most recent week. Um, really good stuff uh, for the entire league, the USL Championship League. Um, another former Loudon star, Elvis Ammo, started for them. He's burned us in the past uh, while he's started for other teams. Um, most recently in, in the other Hartford match we played, uh, I think in a penalty. Uh, he started in the number nine spot, and he ma- missed an absolute sitter of an opportunity. I think he skied one and then maybe put one into the Jackman's hands. Um, but the result was a 2-1 victory for, for Loudon. Uh, second time in the history of our franchise beating Hartford Athletic, so you could say the curse is uh, not broken yet, but it's it's feeling better. It's feeling like we can take Hartford. They're, they're not going to just have us have our number somehow. Louisville City FC next went out to Lynn Family City, um, Lynn Family uh, Stadium. I did not go. They, the the players did, but a great stadium. I've been there. I've I've watched uh, Louisville take on San Diego Loyal there before. Um, Handful of changes in the formation, bit wonky looking at Tommy and Zach still being the strike force. Um, when we got to witness the the finally return of the Giannis Learman Cole Turner partnership at the heart of our defense, and I'll tell you, I loved it. The first half was great. Before they pulled Cole, 
Wasn't sure why. Hope he didn't re-injure himself, but confirmed he started the next match, so it didn't. Um, just looked like they were managing his minutes because he was having a great outing. Um, Learman was just great. He was just awesome. Um, it was what I'm calling, I don't know if I'll title the episode. You'll know by the time you clicked on this episode. I don't know if I'm going to title the episode this, but I really want to call it the best loss in franchise history because it was an overall wonderful performance against a team that is better than us, a team um, of which whose head coach uh, goes back um, and has some history with, with Coach Martin. So, um, they, they know each other's tactics and it was a, it was a bit of a chess match. It was great, but, um, no one hung their heads. Even when we gave up that, that really, um, nobody gave stupid goals away for one, that which is huge. You know, there was no lapses in judgment. Um, you could tell that the, the locker room was strong. Um, you know, you're going to let choppy goals in from time to time on set plays. They're just going to happen. The best teams in the world do it. Um, you know, but we are a top team in the USL championship. We're, we're a top half top top five team in the USL championship if we play like that every week and you know you have to feel like the return of the year the uh, Learman and um Giannis Learman and, and Cole Turner pairing probably had a huge chunk of that um our midfield was a bit odd uh I, I, first off I'm gonna say yeah our midfield was odd in Rocha and Juan Ramirez both not included and maybe they didn't travel I'm not sure if they're nursing injuries we haven't seen Juan in a little while um, he hasn't been his, at his best in the matches he has been in, so maybe he's kind of nursing an injury. But Sané was the star, the sole contributor of any meaningful sort of, sort of attack, uh, any opportunity that really came out, out of um, our, our team. Um, he was just great. He was subbed after getting a little banged up late in the match that resulted in a free kip, kick. Um, I don't know what the deal is. Uh, I, I spoke to some folks, and it sounds like he's not injured, but uh, he didn't get the start for the next match, so maybe maybe nursing a little bit of a bruise or something. Um, when he did come on in the next match, he was great. I'll talk about that. Um, just fun fact about Louisville. Last time we won was back in July of 2019. Goals, and that was off the red, a red card by Louisville, and that was uh, goals coming from Antonio Bustamante, Elvis Amo, just mentioned, and Moses Nyman. Um then you got Detroit City. So this is the the match that we just played. We've this is the first time that we've ever played them that did not result in a loss. We've had two losses and now a draw. Never beaten them. Um, we were the better team throughout. I dubbed this the the diving Detroit FC, diving Detroit, Detroit divers. I don't know. A um, lot of lot of time spent on the ground by Detroit. A lot of very easy silly things. But I, I also don't know that I really agree with the the penalty call that we were given either. Um, if I were to sum this game up, it was uh, a loud and dominated game where uh, Jackman got burned off his line by a, a very experienced veteran striker um, who spent some time in in, in Cuba uh, for the Cuban national team. Um, which, if you know anything about national teams, is not a good national team, but he played for a national team, so he's he's good. He's very good. Um, so he's beat off. Jackman was beat off his line. Uh, that was really a huge bummer. Um, and. Yeah, and we got to draw one back through a penalty. Zach Ryan got back on the score sheet. Haven't seen him on there in a little while. Um, he was the highest-rated player on Fop Mob, so you got to kind of give him the, the man of the match. But you, you really kind of want to give the man of the match to Dan Jackman. The, there were some really big saves that were made, uh, including a last kick of the match in the 96th, 97th minute, somewhere in that range, um, at a point-blank uh, scissor kick, or nearly bicycle kick, um, that he just flat stopped and uh, and held against the ground an amazing amazing um save and 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 so yeah you gotta you gotta give gotta give him that, that nod 
Um, some notable names who do play for, and, and, and we got to see out there, uh, O'Neal Fisher, uh, former D.C. United player, was, was on their roster. Uh, we saw Jalen Robinson, formerly uh, at, at one point a captain for, for Loudon last season, came on um, halfway through the season. Um, he came on in like the 24th minute and was subbed off in the 79th minute. Not great. Uh, Skaggy Siemensen also came on late in the game and had a huge opportunity to burn us that uh, Jackman kept us alive on. Um, all so all interesting. Um, but so so looking at the the, the the string of games, this is the probably the biggest piece to take away from this entire episode. Looking at the string of games after Louisville City, you got Detroit. We just played. Got a draw. Um, you got Orange County FC, eh, Miami FC, Las Vegas Lights. Um, not in any order, but those those are all games in the next month or so, you know, next 15 or so days. Um, all these teams sit either below us on the table, and we also have a, a, a bye week in there, in this mix. It's an opportunity to rest, opportunity to get players back um, off of uh, injury. Um, one player I think that's sitting and, and chomping at the bit ready to get after it is Kwame Wua. Um, another left-back option might really give Zane a run for his money or give Zane opportunities to play in more attacking roles, which we, we've seen him be able to do uh, very well. But all of these are, are matches that are coming up and, and winnable. They are winnable games. Everything's winnable, but these are these are games that we're going to be expected to get points in. Um, you know, Orange County and, and Las Vegas Lights and Lights are not below us in the table because they're in the Western Conference, right? But they're below us in what would be the standings in the same place. At least at the time I was, I was, you know, writing my notes for this episode. Maybe not at the moment because we just drew against Detroit. But so we've also got to play Red Hot Memphis at home. But we could remind them of the thrashing that we gave them during Week One. We had the home field advantage for that one. We've been good at home. Um, we got a strong but a very beatable San Diego Loyal SC who's uh, dealing with some injuries, um, not looking their best that they have all season. Um, and, and all of these matches are happening over the next month when we're anticipating getting these big names back. You know, we just got Cole Turner back. I'm going to talk a little bit about, well, I failed to mention that the, one of the big big highlights of Detroit City FC match was not only that Cole Turner started again with Giannis Lehrman, but that Bryce Washington made his return to not only to the bench, but came off as a sub and uh, got some time on. Kwame Awua, we're looking to see him back. Uh, I've, I'm hearing that he could come back sometime this month. Um, if not, I would expect him to be back next month. He's probably back in training. Um, you know, If Loudon were able to add a name in midfield or just perhaps Landry continued to play uh, like two players at once, then we have a really good chance to make some moves and climb this table. Detroit was a game that we really wanted three points on, but we, with, with um, yeah, I, I ripped through that Detroit City match. Sorry, I, didn't, I failed to mention that after the penalty, Tommy Tommy Williamson um, was getting kind of beat up on a little bit. Uh, a, a, a Detroit defensive player and and their um, Steinbosher, their uh, goalkeeper were kind of being jerks with the ball. Uh, he was trying to hurry up and get the game moving, and they were trying to delay. Um, and uh, Steinwasser kicked out at Tommy Williamson, and Tommy Williamson did what you can't do, which is he uh, put both hands to the face of Steinwasser, and after some deliberation by the refs, he was sent off. So we'll be without him uh, for Orange County. Uh, almost we're going to be without Landry for Orange County. You're going to have to do an, uh, an accumulation calculation on what his yellow cards are looking like right now, but um, that's a bummer. Uh, Wesley Leggett will be ready. You know, I think, um, or Jackson Hopkins, one of the two of them will be ready to take over in, in Tommy's stead, so I'm not too worried about it, but uh, it's a bummer. It's a bummer to have to play a man down in a game that we should have won. Um, we were the better team even after being a, a man down, which is huge. We had huge opportunities. Um, so, 
all this to say, you know, to make my point, this is the biggest stretch, the biggest month or so in in the season for Loudoun United, maybe in, in the franchise for Loudoun United. I've, I've said things like that this year a lot because of uh, the historic moments around um, participating in the U.S. Open Cup. But in, in all reality, you know, if, if we want to have our first ever playoff appearance, then this month is where the the cement is is hardened, right? This is where the foundation is set um, for for that house to be built upon, and and so. Um, if you're a Loudon fan, you should be excited. This is this is it. If you if you had told us that you know come mid July we were still in the conversation, not in a playoff spot, but in the conversation to be in the playoffs. Um, you have to remember we've got a couple more games played than pretty much anybody else in the entire league. How that's worked out is not great. Um, you know we'll be watching some matches on that bye week and seeing who who can get points back on us. But the final month of the season will not be kind to us. So these points need to come now. We have to play Tampa Bay. We have to play Pittsburgh away. We got to play Charleston, Sacramento Republic at home. And a smattering of other matches that are not going to be easy. Winnable, maybe. Maybe you can get points here and there. You'd hope we don't just get smoked on that streak. But, um, you know, there's going to be games like Indy 11 coming up that, that we are going to need to, to really take advantage of. Um... Orange County, um, you know, being the next match. We've only ever played them once. We lost it back uh, last season. Uh, I, I think that they are on a good a good run right now. Four or five wins out of the last five or six, I believe. Um, yeah, and then after Orange County, we got a, we got a bye week before we, we face the first string of, you know, continuing the these easy matches, which is not the first string, the continuing of them. Uh, which is against Miami FC, a team that we have a chance to do a double against. Um, which, uh, yeah, th- this is it. This we are we are in in the thick of it, and I, I, I as a as a Loudon United fan, I'm stoked about that. That's great. It's great stuff. You should be stoked about it too if you're listening to this. Unless you're listening to this and you're not a Loudon United fan, in which case I don't know what you're doing. Um, you know, 549 seconds into this episode, but uh, you're welcome here as well. So. Um, now, there's been some news. I'm going to transition to the final segment of this. I'm also going to put off uh, for another week, I'm going to put off the uh, Where Are They Now segment just because of how long this episode's running. I knew it was going to run this long because I wanted to cover this next piece, which is the news that is circulating around the USL right now. Um, there is a vote. I don't know what the date is on it, but a vote. It's an owners and, and board vote um, on the inclusion of promotion and relegation across the United Soccer League. And now, promotion and relegation is something that has been talked about forever in American soccer. Um, promotion and relegation adds a massive component, but it also adds extreme levels of complications to the U.S. soccer community, right? Um, so if you were to ask me a couple questions, the first question you probably ask is, do you think that promotion and relegation will happen in the USL? And my answer is no, not, not anytime soon. <laughs> You might follow that question up with another question or two. You might ask me, well, do I want it to happen? And I say, yeah, sure, absolutely. Why not? It's great. Um, or you might ask, why don't you think it'll happen? Um, well, there's a lot of reasons why not, right? So um, I would say, first off, I've been promo- uh, preaching, excuse me, I've been preaching the promotion relegation ideology for a long time. Um, I think it's 
the way, you know, USL has long said that they want to, not maybe through their actions, not with their words, they've said that they want to compete with MLS for a stake of the U.S. viewership, the American market, we'll call it. Um, they haven't said that, but they do want that. That's what they want. They don't want to be the, the second through the, the fourth you know tier of American soccer. Um, this is the way to do it. This is it. Um, this is this is how they they take away the majority stake in viewership because there is going to be a lot more reason to watch midway through the season, late in the season, if your team is being threatened by relegation as opposed to if your team is just dookie, right? Um, you know, there are a lot of people in the U.S. soccer community that say the way that we do things here in U.S. soccer is the best way, and there's just no reason to change it. Um, I, I, I get that. I love American soccer. I think that that comes kind of from a defensive nature surrounding fans kind of wishing that their local clubs had more viewership than those of European clubs. I get it. You know, I remember the days of, of downloading Satanta Sports so I could watch a single Premier League match, um, you know, back in the early 2000s. Um, but it's it's more complicated than that. And I, I get the mentality. Um, you know, I, too, want soccer to be big here in America. And I, I want people to be, you know, focused on their local clubs and, and everything, um, even if your local club isn't great. Uh, but there, are, I think there's a lot of things in life that if we look inwardly first, that we can help, uh, you know, solve the problem first. And I think that this is this is one of those examples, right? Um, I think that if we're a part of the change, that that is the soccer community. I think that um, we we'll, we will see it continue to grow, and and not just sit around and complain about it. But um, as is the details, I'll be on that. Um, there's a number of Americans abroad who have who have spoken about this, and they've gotten flack. Um, I won't mention names. I've named I've named names I've mentioned names in the past. Uh, you know, some in La Liga, some in the Premier League, um, who play across Europe, and uh, and they they are critical of the MLS's nature because the bottom teams in Europe still have so much to play for, right? Not only do the players not want to get relegated, but it's not just pride for the fans. It's pride. I don't want my team to play in the English Championship, right? But also, their professional contracts have clauses in them that state they will lose significant amounts of money. They will have massive salary deductions if they get relegated. You know, it brings their livelihoods into the conversation. Just like some of the top teams, they have bonuses if they qualify for Europe, for instance. Um, it brings their livelihoods into the, you know, into the players' minds. It, it, it makes it very complicated. Um, and it you can see that panic start to set in as well that you see with, with fans. Um, if you look back, and how the Premier League, English Premier League, will be specific, because it's not as cool as the USL Championship. Um, the English Premier League was 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 a was a crazy show, you know, in the last few weeks. Goodison Park, Everton Stadium, was packed the last few matches. The last match where they were fighting to stay in the English Premier League was slam packed. It had viewership all over the world, from from India to California. It was packed, right? It brings such a huge factor and and really gives USL Championship, or the USL in general, uh, you know, a, a place to stand on. Um, so why don't I think it'll happen? I, I don't think that they have the votes. I, I think money talks more than anything else. There are large fees associated with playing in each of these 
tiers. It's not like these just these these teams just exist and 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 then you know things go on, right? Each season there are fees or there are you know joining fees to to join each tier tier, um, and fee- fees are, are pretty close hold. They're not very um, spoken. There's also sponsor for international roster spots fees, um, and broadcasting pr- pr- broadcasting profits percentages of broadcasting profits that are doled out um depending upon viewership and everything all these things make it hard to sell to owners that moving up in a league is actually a benefit it's actually in their best interest you're seeing a lot of teams who are intentionally in the last five years dropping down north carolina fc charlotte independence you know teams that are intentionally dropping down a league um you know richmond kickers did that at one point they're, they're intentionally dropping down a league because the fees are less, the stadium requirements are less, they don't have to invest as much money into it, they still get to play in this league, they still get all these benefit packages, and now with the the ESPN package, they are getting the same viewership as the as the top tier in the USL. There's, <clears throat> you know, until there's massive changes in the broadcasting structure, I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. Until there's massive changes in the requirements to be in leagues, I don't see it happening. I mean, stadium requirements, I don't even know what it is for the USL championship, but I think it's 3,500 for USL League One. You know, you look at like Luton Town going back to England, uh, who just promoted from the English Championship to the Premier League. They don't meet the stadium requirements. They're going to have to invest like five or fifteen million pounds in their stadium over the summer to do some crazy fast construction to meet the standards for the English Premiership. It's it's going to be hard. You know, MLS signing of of the the big Apple TV contract really shifted things this off season, but <clears throat> there are clauses in that Apple contract that. Apple can bail if a certain number of viewers don't sign up. You know that's gonna set set the the pace for maybe the rest of American soccer viewership on how well that does and and whether this is an achievable goal for the USL to do something similar that's better, more lucrative, more profitable for the USL. Um, it's hard. It's it's not as easy as we just snap our fingers and promotion relegation exists and the next next year bottom three teams are out. It's just not that way. You can't do conferences the same way that we do conferences. Maybe we can. You know, you can build in playoffs. Everyone has different relegation rules, right? In some leagues in, in Germany, you know, like the the third from the bottom plays the third from the top in the in the league below. Um, in in some leagues like Belgium, you know, the the top half of the table like it's it's split up into like three categories and. You know, some people compete for one European spot, and then other people compete for the championship, um, and they don't—they're all protected from that. You know, Scotland—you know, uh, two-thirds through the season, they cut the table in half, and the top half plays each other for the championship or whatever title, and then the bottom half all is trying to survive. But that way, the bottom half only plays bottom half teams. It's very complex, and how the USL does it is going to be paramount to the existence and 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 the how well the USL takes on the soccer market that is ever growing, ever expanding. And just blowing up here in America, um, I, I I think that if they continue the current trajectory, I think if they get stronger TV and broadcast packages, stronger sponsorship deals, partner with more overseas teams and academies, like you're seeing happen, then I think that they'll find a way to to take a larger percentage and, and maybe you know of of the American viewership, and then maybe you can have the promotion relegation conversation. If it happens in this vote, I'm all for it. I just don't think it will. I don't think enough uh, owners. That, that's my that's my hot take. I don't think enough owners are going to be behind. I don't know if they're going to they're going to be sold on the importance of doing it. And also, there's this whole thing called the MLS Super Draft that, you know, MLS has the 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 monopoly on the NCAA talent that comes out, which is sometimes pretty darn good talent. Um, you know, USL's got to get a stake in that. USL's got to get a stake in in, in in better hands on the in the NCAA talent. They got to really 
go, you know, lock horns with MLS if they want to make this work. Um, but I'll tell you what, it's exciting. It would be rough for Loudon if it had happened three years ago, but the current Loudon squad is not bottom of the table. Um, not top of the table, but they're, they're, they're in the relegation conversation if, if it's happening this year. And, and for that reason alone, right, it is exciting. I think that sometimes in Loudon seasons, we as fans struggle for a reason to stay involved come July, come August, because other than drinking beers and seeing the people that you like, there's no reason to show up to the stadium. You know, other than just having an excuse to go be hot and pay for overpriced beers, I can buy beers at the grocery store, you know. So I think it's a good thing. Um, I don't even think it's a bad thing if, if Loudon gets gets relegated. I, I don't want that to happen um, just for the, the, the pride of, of bandship, right, you know, of, of, of my team. But so to answer the question that nobody's asking me, but maybe you're asking because you're tuned in, is I would love it to happen. I don't think it happens just yet. So yeah, that's it. If you tuned in, uh, you know, 900 seconds into this episode, I don't know why I keep counting by seconds, but um, you know, I, I appreciate you listening to everything. Uh, you know, we, we always appreciate all, all of our viewers, uh, listeners, and um, yeah, excited to uh, to take on Orange County on the weekend, and excited for this run of games, and hopefully we got some news coming down the pike on whether or not promotion relegation is a reality or just another fairy tale. So thanks everybody for tuning in and that's all I got out here.